When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley. We thought Pete Sampson was going to join us, but he's trying to get a story out in Notre Dame and has fallen a little behind. So we expect to have him on Friday's podcast. We just had an opportunity to speak with Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's first practice uh, after about a 10-day break from spring practice, uh, just the fourth of the spring inside. It's definitely turning nicer, warmer here. So we expect to be outside coming up for these open practices. But uh, Tim Brian Kelly, um, his uh, just what stood out from you today and his conversation with the media. I think the important thing would be linebacker is remains completely open to the point where Kelly's comfortable talking about how how completely open it is. He <laughs> he did say, and this is something I, it took a while for him to get there, but he did mention Bilal twice. And I think that's crucial because I know we're all trying to replace Asmar Bilal, but he is the senior that started 13 games last year. Different position, but most people think it's a better position. I don't think it's a great sign if Asmar Bilal can't win one of these jobs because they're all young. Just because they're young doesn't mean they're not going to have warts you don't know about yet. We just happen to know his. Yeah, and he's played the position before. At least he played the yeah. old Will linebacker before <clears throat> Mike Elko came in and Clark Lee ran with the buck, and Brian Kelly still refers to the position as Will. Yeah. He did today. But, yeah, I think you're right. Bilal is, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting that he paired up Bilal with Jordan Jemar Keith. Now, we thought both of them were, were buck linebackers. So that gives you an indication that, uh, you know, they're trying to mix and match, yeah, and they're trying a bunch of different things. But that, you know, trying to get the best player on the field. He also mentioned Bilal and Bo Bauer together. So that would mean Bauer at Mike and probably Jordan Jemar Keith at Mike. So, um, it, it's interesting to hear that. I fully understand, you know, we as the media and fans, we want to hear, we want to know a depth chart. We want right. to know who's going to be starting in the fall. And when you're a coaching staff, especially at this stage of the spring, it's the last thing from your mind, especially with guys that haven't started that haven't really played. So it's understandable. It's fine. You're working on the fundamentals. At least he threw out a couple names that yeah. we can cling to a little bit and say, okay, those guys make sense as potential front runners at the two inside positions. On the other side of the ball, uh, he, I think Tony Jones was probably Brian Kelly's highlight. Uh, I think that they're getting consistency out of their senior runner. I also think when he says Tony Jones is, is impressing him the most, I believe it comes from the baseline where Tony Jones was. In other words, I, I think he looks at Jafar Armstrong was way above that as a practice player. Right, coming in. So Jafar Armstrong might not be impressing him the most in terms of how a coach looks at it. That doesn't mean Tony Jones... I mean, I really think Jafar Armstrong is the man, and Tony Jones is the compliment, and then the other guys are impressing Brian Kelly. I think sometimes we say, who's impressing you? He's not going to say Ian Book. You know, yeah. he's going to say right. the guy that is making strides. We mentioned it in the instant analysis, and I, and and this is something that's been brought up to me in a, in a separate conversation, that it's just... With Tony Jones Jr., Jr. it's the demeanor as he approaches as he approaches practice every day, um, and you know we we think that that's going to naturally come it's going to come naturally for a four star guy going yeah. to Notre Dame, but it, it doesn't. It, you know everybody comes from a different environment, 
And Tony Jones was, you know, very soft-spoken, and, and, and there was a degree of, of immaturity, I guess, in his ability to just kind of step up to the plate and, and man up a little bit, so to speak. And and so that's a that's a real positive sign. We we have a question in segment two about him. We'll get into to to him further. But um, you asked about some of the redshirt freshmen. I did, types. and I wrote about it today. And some of the names, you know, because sometimes if you don't if you don't bring up a topic like that or mention a player like that, and they're not ready to emerge, you're not going to get any feedback on them. And I believe that that is the first time that we've heard, and naturally so, because they're they're just in the spring semester of their freshman years. But John Dirksen and Cole Mabry. Uh, two young offensive linemen who aren't in a position to to start right now, but I lo- I love Dirksen's film coming out of high school, and he was a three star guy. I did not like Mabry's film coming out of high school, but this is now the second time uh, that I've had a conversation, including the the one here with with uh, Brian Kelly, uh, involving Cole Mabry and how impressive he is athletically. He said he tested out. Second across the board. I don't know exactly average, what that means. I think I took it as when he kind of re-explained it. If you average all of their tests, he came in second, which is like for offensive linemen. Now, does yeah. that mean all the backups, or does that include no. Robert Hainsey? Does nor, that you know? Yeah, you nor know. does it mean that he's ready to play football for Notre Dame either. But it's just it's, it's the baseline it's, again, though. Right. It starts with it starts with tests like these, and that's a that's a really really good sign. We can't, our eyebrows raised when Sebo Flemister's name wasn't mentioned among the running backs, and Kyron Williams' name was mentioned third. Brian Kelly eventually said that Flemister has been slowed by Patel attendant. Yeah. Um, so you know that that again is wide open. There was conversation about um, Sean Crawford. Yeah, I this is the first sign I didn't like from Brian Kelly the way he approached that answer. Explain. Well, he was asked, you know, will Sean, do they expect Sean Crawford to be healthy to, to be the nickel? Because clearly he's experienced the nickel. By saying he's done everything we've asked from him and more, we just hope he can get to 100% and get him in. It was the first sign I ever saw. It's just a feeling I got. It's the first sign I ever saw Brian Kelly not say something about an injured player where he's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, he'll be ready. He'll be ready. We like, you know, we're, we're keeping him, we're holding him back. I think he took a very realistic approach. Sean Crawford's been hurt three times and he missed did. a couple yeah. of you know, yeah, I mean, some years just, of football. I think some honesty is just kind of right. seeping in. through there when he thinks about, oh, geez, can I really? You know, it's understandable. He's had three major injuries. He also said, and I hope I wrote it down here correctly. It's on our, our tape naturally. Uh, the nickel position will play itself out moving forward. Did you interpret that as Kyle Hamilton? I always do. Since we, <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I, I, I think I've interpreted that as Kyle Hamilton ever since I watched the Cotton Bowl. When I look at the Clemson's nickel yeah. playing out there, I just look. I love Sean Crawford, and if Sean Crawford's healthy, he's the best cover nickel they will have. But Kyle Hamilton, if he can play the way we think and the way the coaches think, he can hold up. Having a big safety there, this is way too soon because Jamora Slaughter was a senior. But when Jamora Slaughter was a senior in 2011, he was a really good modern yeah. nickel when he was healthy, and they haven't had that since. Now, does he have the side to side quickness of Sean Crawford, or at least a healthy Sean Crawford? Probably not. But not he has such great like length yeah. and range. Yeah. When you see his high school film, and you see him in All Star game that that uh, you know you think he can play that position. He was asked about Avery Davis and whether he would play that, and and frankly, and this is what I think we speculated: they haven't gotten into nickel yet. They're they're still no, they doing never basic. Do. They no, never do at no. this point. There, and, and that's understandable. Notre Dame's not behind on anything with that. That's just that's how you play the game. You work on the fundamentals. You got so many young people in camp now. He said today they're working on second and ten. Right. 
Right. I mean, it, it's the second padded practice, and there's a bunch of guys that have to, that have to learn what they're doing. Because remember, it's not that the freshmen are here, because they do have to restart kind of in August for the freshmen. These redshirt freshmen are on scout team last year. They don't know everything that's going yes. on. So nickel comes in later, and, and if you don't have your nickel out there, he, you definitely don't. Well, and that's it. why I wanted to ask him about, you know, the the current, the, the guys that are really current freshmen yeah. in their second semester. Because, you know, you can ask about... Um, uh, early entry guys, but they're just—they literally are learning the procedure of practice. <laughs> yeah, that's, good. that's a good way of putting and, it. And, and and because I mean that's just the learning curve. So I wanted to know about DJ Brown, who he went on and on about. I mean, really went on about him. Uh, he's been moved from corner to safety. There's no urgency at safety right now, other than depth purposes and bodies. But that's a really encouraging sign. Um, you know, I mentioned Kyron Williams uh, at running back, Jacob Lacey, of course, who, you know, I have I've really felt like since his senior year in high school, I wasn't sold after his junior year, but since his senior year in high school, that this was a guy that, especially when you see Jason Adamiola come in and make the, and he's a good player, he's yeah. going to be a good yeah. player. Um, you know, you asked about size. He's two eighty five. He'd like I him wondered to be if he was big enough to contend right. for that starting role. They just right. want him a little bigger. But, La- but Lacey's got that size, and and it, it, a lot of it's on necessity. Let's be serious. Different here. positions. We should point out. Yes. When we're doing this. Yeah. Lacey uh, Adamiola is a yeah. three technique, and Lacey. Although I think actually Lacey seeing him in person looks more like a nose tackle than I thought he was on high school film. I thought he was more of a three technique. That always happens. You can look at film, but when you see a guy in person. It's a little bit different. But Lacey's the guy that's going to play. Heinish is clearly the starter, but he can't take every snap. You don't want him to take every snap. And if Jason Admiola can be as effective as he was as a true freshman, I think Jacob Lacey has the components to do the same thing as a true freshman. And I know you can't stand the first-name basis when we talk about players, but I will be doing that with Myron Tagovaila Omosa in future interviews. So he, Kelly pointed out Myron, MTA, we've called him, is not – he's a defensive tackle. Edmiola is a defensive tackle. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't really ask it that way, but he wanted to correct me by saying Myron is not in the running there. He meant nose tackle. Yeah, you didn't say that. No, either. I didn't. I, 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 know he's I was not, a little but, confused yeah. as to why he said that. But, but the thing I like about Lacey is he has been given this opportunity. <laughs> However, he would have earned it anyway. Does that make sense? He yeah, is I given, think that's he, exactly. He is given this because there's nothing there's else. There's nobody else there. Hunter but he's a, guy that could have earned, he's a guy that would have earned it anyway over Hunter Spears and along with Jamie and Franklin. Yeah, Spears is probably more of a three sure, technique sure. And, and Franklin's the nose. I really but. like Lacey. It's the right kind of guy to be like, all right, you have to play. Yeah. <laughs> because I think he could have just earned right. his way. I agree. Last thing in this segment, we mentioned an instant analysis. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's clearly obvious that Chip Long and Brian Kelly are avoiding saying the name Kevin Austin. Now, maybe Kevin Austin is just not performing. But, um, you know, he mentioned Michael Young at the X and Joe Wilkins, who's, Wilkins, who's coming off a knee. He mentioned everyone else. He did. Braden Lindsay and Lawrence Keyes. He didn't mention Kevin Austin. And that's disconcerting because we know he's a very talented player. We're going to see where Kevin Austin lines up. <laughs> not only where he lines up, but how he performs all day Tuesday, or all day Thursday, all day Saturday. Next week, all of... Thursday and Saturday in a coach's <laughs> clinic and in multiple more, more practices. At that point, we can intelligently ask a question about Kevin Austin because remember, Kevin Stefferson wasn't involved. <coughs> I don't think that's the situation here. I agree. But I want to see where Kevin Austin, because if Kevin Austin's going out there making plays and they still won't talk about him, we have to ask the head coach the question. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't think Kevin Austin's going to fall by the wayside. 
I don't think Nordane fans need to panic at this point. My point of of Stefferson was he was known to be suspended, just not to us at yes. that spring. And then right. we figured it out when it was the same thing right. in August. Yeah. Oh, I get you. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. We, no, it's not. We couldn't get an answer to save our lives, but right. that's because he was suspended. No, it's not a situation yeah. like that. It, it, and it comes down to traits. And Troy Pride Jr. <laughs> came in and imitated Brian Kelly yeah, briefly. He did a good job. And mentioned traits, <laughs> naturally. But, Pro- uh, process and traits. You know, and it can. Look, Kevin Austin can turn this around in a week. That's right. What, that's mean, what I literally want to see is one of these practices. Is... He can turn around in a week. In a week, and quite frankly, I expect that to happen at some point. Yeah, Just, maybe not in the spring. Maybe, we, yeah, maybe not. They sometimes use the spring to get guys interested. Like Lewis Nix was behind Kona Schwenke the entire yeah. spring. Uh, Alize Mack has never been ahead of anybody in a spring practice coming out of the spring. I think if a guy like Kevin Austin doesn't approach it with the same. Look, obviously, Braden Lindsay and Joe Wilkins and Lawrence Keyes have really dedicated themselves to this. That's why they keep getting named. Yeah, he'll be there, just yeah. not yet. Segment two, burning up the boards, coming back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burning up the boards, segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, starting with go, fight, win, go, Irish. What improvements do you want to see out of Ian Book in these practices, or is it all about Phil Dracovic this spring? I admit I will be watching Phil Dracovic quite a bit in these practices because I am very high on Ian Book, and I think Ian Book will develop into a quality downfield passer too. Uh, I don't think I will be qualified to let you know if that is progressing that much with Ian Book in spring. As a non-quarterbacks coach, he's going to hit some downfield passes because he's playing against second-string defenders, and he has Chase Claypool and Chris Fink. The delivery, I suppose you could see a little bit more. Maybe a little bit more book, air, air under the yeah. throw, yeah. Um, I, but the real the real thing for Book, I don't think number one thing is, is that's number two downfield, but I think it's reading the blitzes and not, in those games he struggled, it, he was staring at the line. As it is yeah. for 98% right. of the quarterbacks out there. I mean, Trevor Lawrence struggled with that a little bit during his freshman years. Less. <laughs> when he did, yes. <laughs> yeah. When he did struggle, he struggled with that a little bit too. You know, I think... Pocket presence, they've all mentioned that. I thought, by and large, he was pretty good with that. Not so much against Clemson, but that's understandable because of the and just Pitt. situation. And Pitt, was the weird one for me. Yeah, he, he, and yet he ended up completing a ridiculous right. percentage of those. But, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, I, I, I you know, commanding the, commanding the, the, I guess they don't huddle, but, I mean, commanding the offense pre-snap. Uh, and just... I think just handling the emotions and the nerves of being in the situation that you're in. I, I There were times when, and I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, especially against USC, we were told that he, you know, he, he really struggled with that. So that, I mean, that comes with playing time. He's got nine starts under his belt. When he has 19 or when he has 15, he's going to be a much better quarterback. So it's not all about Phil Dracovic by any means. No, but I'd be interested to watch. I get the point a little. I'm, I want to watch him play, as Pete has said a couple times, against the ones because he'll get a lot Absolutely. of work against the ones. I just want to see him 11-11. I don't care yeah. who he's going against. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see that, no doubt about it. Jim underscore Booney, CRS. Tony Jones Jr. hit the 40-yard rushing mark in four of his first five games last season. He never eclipsed 40 yards the rest of the year. 
In what areas can he elevate his game, or has he hit a plateau as a solid blocker, pass catcher out of the backfield? I don't think he's hit a plateau, and we addressed it in segment one. Just, just a, a, you know, a, a more mature approach to preparation probably more than anything. And if you have a more mature approach to preparation, then you're going to be better prepared in football games. He's got good feet. I mean, I thought, yeah, he's, I thought okay yeah, he's, yeah, he's always had good feet and good hands. Uh, he doesn't you know, have a gear. No, he doesn't gear. have the extra gear. Uh, you know, he, he's probably two gears behind Dexter Williams and one behind Jafar right. Armstrong. And Jafar Armstrong probably thinks that, you know, he's going to get closer to de- where Dexter Williams was. Um, but, no, I don't, I don't think he's plateaued. I, I, I think he can be – I think, I, I you know, I think that initial step, that initial quickness, I think he can improve that. The, the speed itself – Maybe that doesn't quite improve as much. If he could finish runs like he did in his best games, notably Vanderbilt, where he is putting his head down at, at yard number eight and finishing with 12 and 13, hit it against Wake, that's different because Wake has a, had a historically bad D in the two games they were playing against Notre Dame and Clemson there in late September. But he he has had his moments now on Saturdays where he's looked good. It's no longer just our three practices from right. 2017. But I think Jafar Armstrong is a better running back. I just think Tony Jones could be a better compliment, maybe than people. Yeah, are I still giving I, him credit for. I it. keep saying maturity, maybe sense of urgency yeah. might be a, a, a more accurate expression to use. And just you run know, quite, hard. You have good well, hands. And, and, you know, I mean, quite frankly, if you if get pissed off, if you're yeah. pissed about being number yeah. two, then get pissed off and approach it that way. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I think. You know, I think Chase uh, Chase Claypool kind of did that last year where he, there was a string of games for about a month where it was like, yeah. I'm not going to let anybody bring me down. And, you know, I think Tony Jones could use a little bit of that as well. The last thing on Tony Jones, the the more he's going north-south and not trying, he, he has to get his shoulders turned. No doubt. And play football that way because he does not have the lateral quickness when he's trying to make something happen on the outside. He, once he gets turned up field, he's a little bit more right. dangerous. And stop spraining your ankles because that has really <laughs> held him yeah. back. Terry Benedict asked, everyone knows the backup quarterback is, quote, the most popular player on the team. <laughs> Who's the second most popular player on the team? It's a good question. The, I guy, like that, it. the guy that changes positions in the spring. Everybody loves the guy that changes positions. Well, that too. <laughs> that and, that and you know, the Derek Ellens and Kevin Austins yeah, of the world that ranked. are expected to, that you expect to emerge right away that don't. Right, so Derek Allen and Kevin Austin are the two right now. Um, Allen... Well, Brayden, Brayden Lindsay and Brayden Lindsay both were, see the right No, they were, they were for the Cotton Bowl. For the Cotton Bowl. Remember those two, to... yes. That's Brian Kelly's fault for saying he had a special package for people. Yeah, it's true. Special package should have included... Uh, I have too much to say about that game. But, yeah, it's the young guy. It's the young up-and-coming guy. And that's why I opened this segment, or previous segment, talking about Asmar Bilal... I don't think Asmar Bilal is a great college linebacker, but I know he started 13 games for an undefeated team that played in the playoffs last year. So if he can't work his way in, I don't think it's a great sign because it's not. I don't think he's being replaced by freshman year Jalen Smith. I think he's being replaced by guys that should not be starting right. above a no, senior. No, I, I, I totally Does that make sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I, and I, you know, Asmar Bilal should have some leadership skills right. at this point. I know he was very close with Drew Tranquil. Even just on the field leadership skills. You don't have to have a voice. You just have right, to, exactly. this is how but I go to work. I, I point out you know, Drew Tranquil because yeah. he sets such a great example. And him and Asmar Bilal were very close to each yeah. other. And so he should just, I mean, it's human nature. He yeah. should be ready to ascend to that position. So, yeah, Terry Benedict, that's a great question. Yeah, and like it's it. always the young guy. Yeah, the answer there. 
CMU Penns fan, can anything be gained from spring practice for Jonathan Dorr and Jay Bramblett, or will Notre Dame not have a clue about these two until the Louisville game? Well, you never know until a game situation, but of course they're going to put them through as many stringent situations as they can on the practice field. Brad Kelly was talking about Bramlett uh, this Today. morning, and um, you know, I, again, I still want to see that with my eyes because I haven't seen that with my eyes, but they've liked what they've seen. I thought it was interesting what you pointed out in instant analysis about you know they they're they're pleased with the snapper and the holder. Yeah, what was that? Well, that's the, those are the first two components. <laughs> those are the first two components. I guess the, the final components a hell of a lot more uh, important more of a challenge and decisive. Too, honestly, yeah, more I, challenging. Yeah. yeah, but we can uh, train ourselves to hold. No, I mean they're going to get outside. I mean they they will. I believe the weather is going to allow them to get outside on Thursday and probably Saturday. I think the problem is for some of these things is they start practice at seven forty-five in the morning. So yeah, that's it, true. I so guess Saturday have, maybe yeah. it'll be a little bit later. A little bit later in the morning, so that may be more likely. But uh, only Notre Dame among playoff contenders gets to talk about how they can't go outside for spring practice, and also before you say Wisconsin or Ohio State, also hits the roof every time they punt. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they need what? to. That's incredible. I think the new facility is uh, a little bit taller. Is I it would not? assume, or Brian yeah, Kelly's think... going to throw a fit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. But Everett you know... Golson hit that on a pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Jonathan Dorr, is, uh, he's got a lot to prove. And uh, I, I thought he responded well in the Navy game when he missed yeah. his first extra point. He kicked his only field goal. I think it was just from 30 yards. But he's got a lot of leg. And the one thing that's always struck me about when I walk by Jonathan Dorr is he's a big kid, man. I mean, this is not, he's not Reggie O. This is a big, strapping kid. So he's got leg. You know, he's, he has the body, he has the ability to do it. I will pass no judgment, positive or negative, on Dora and Bramblett until they leave Athens. Because you might miss a kick at Louisville that doesn't matter. And you might miss a kick against New Mexico State that doesn't matter. But boy, oh boy, you miss a kick well, down in Athens. Well, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, punt. That's, Justin Yoon could have missed one of those early in his career, or uh, early in the season, which Tyler he frequently Newsom did. early in his career. Yeah, yeah. well, he would have, because Justin Yoon missed kicks early yep. every September. Yes. And yep. uh, if people recall these... Somehow the Clemson 2015 game has reappeared on our board's consciousness, and it's being debated to this day. <laughs> Tyler Newsom shanked a punt. That was part of the 14 points. So yeah, you never you know. You're gonna, these young guys have a, have a rough uh, rough third game. There you go. Uh, Statman72, how difficult will it be to assess the performances of the offensive tackles given the high-quality defensive ends they will be facing in practice? I thought they got killed last August. So They did, they did <laughs> they, get killed yeah, last so August. Yeah, so if they can... Uh, if they can if they can hold their own in half of the practice sessions we watch, I mean, Notre Dame's defensive ends are going to be coming in droves at them too. But I thought the defensive line was dominant at times last August when we watched. They were just yeah. I would expect that gap to be narrowed. I would I would think you so, know, yeah, quite a bit. I mean, Robert Hainsey better. better be able to handle Khalid Kareem. Right. I mean, he's entering his third year as a starter. Yeah, I don't expect that to be imbalanced. I, I well. Julian O'Carr makes an imbalance against just about anybody. But Liam Eikenberg should be able to stand up to that test. If not win, he should be able to stand up to that test. I don't think it'll look like last year, but that's, that's it's a really good question. But I would say if they get killed, then I would be down a little bit. On I think the line still. You have I, to... Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity for the offensive line facing that. You know, two guys on the corners now with experience yeah. facing quality pass rushers. I think it's going to be a, it, it'll be a very beneficial battle and one that should be a little bit more uh, even. Maybe to flip it around, uh, I'd like to see Jarrett Patterson do well against Kurt Heinisch 
Kurt Heinrich is a good quality player that that fights for the entire snap and can get off blocks now, as you pointed out as a sophomore. But he's not Jerry Tillery, who Jerry Tillery right. should throw around Jarrett Patterson. Well, he doesn't have that length, and yeah. that and yeah, absolutely. Whereas Patterson has a length, so um, yeah, that'll be an interesting yeah. matchup. I'm gonna insert a question here, Tim, from Twitter. It's from at uh, at Trev Alive. I think Michael Young has played well when given opportunities. Do you guys have any concerns with him as a starter? I don't because he was mildly in the uh, doghouse last spring. We've come to find out later. And then he's kind of battled some injuries. You you were told a couple times he doesn't respond great to coaching, which I guess I automatically found weird only because he's a three-star <laughs> that I assume yeah, all those guys will be, be coached. It doesn't that can be youthful ignorance right. that I was guilty of in college <laughs> as well. You think... You're young and you think you have all the answers yeah. and you think somebody owes you something <laughs> and you find out that they don't. Turns out nobody on 12 no. and 0 Notre Dame owed him anything. No, absolutely uh, I, I not. Like my, I, both of us and Pete have long liked Michael Young. I don't worry about him as a starter. I always figured he would be in the slot. He's not. Chris Fink has certainly locked that down for good reason. I liked Michael Young as a kick returner a couple years ago in August. I like him going into that role again this year, and I think if he can stay healthy – He's probably one of those guys that absolutely has to be healthy when he's to be at full strength, too. He's an right. undersized receiver. It's, right. It took Dexter Williams four years to be able to run if, with a little bit of a bang-up. I'm sure Michael Young didn't handle that very well in the past. Right. At the underscore real underscore Bob, you've mentioned on previous podcasts that Irish fans should expect Ian Book and Alohi Gilman to leave if, when, Notre Dame has a successful year. Both of them also. What do you mean? I, if Ian Book repeats last year, <coughs> save for Clemson, I would expect him to not come back for his fifth. Yeah, year. and we didn't, we didn't. And Alohi Gilman has pretty much said, "I want to go pro." All right, well, so let me let me finish the question, yeah, and we'll yeah. get back to that. But you mentioned previous podcasts that Irish fans should expect Ian Book and Alohi Gilman to leave if, when Notre Dame has a successful year. Would should you add Chip Long to that list? I mean, if they're in the playoffs again, he's going to be extremely sought after. I know, and if you just miss the playoffs, he's going to be extremely no, he, sought after. I, I mean, Chip Long has said on numerous occasions that he would like to be here as long as Brian Kelly is here. Now, with Brian Kelly talking about, you know, <laughs> five I, I, more years, I, I don't. Chip, yeah, I mean, Chip Long's going to be gone before then. But I don't. I don't equate it to the same thing with Book and Gilman. It's. It's really. Yeah, they have to strike. Or they wisely, yeah. would, they'd be wise. I shouldn't say have to. They would be wise to strike while the iron is hot. Gilman said, "I, I transferred to Notre Dame because I believe I can be a professional football player. I don't. He is the type of guy that if he has the same year as a captain at Notre Dame and they go eleven and two, there's no reason for Lohi Gilman to come right. back. Harrison Smith came back because he had one year of safety tape after getting his early career ruined by Tenuta and Corwin Brown." It was obvious that Harrison Smith could become a first-round draft pick. Lohi Gilman just wants to get his NFL career started, I think, after he leads Notre Dame to whatever he can lead them right. to. Yeah, I think it's hard to compare the two things because Chip Long yes. doesn't have to jump at something. He can be patient, and when he, you know, if he's patient for a few more years, then maybe he doesn't have to go the route of Mid-American Conference. I agree with that notion. Right? I don't yeah. like that. I mean, I know that makes sense. You want to head up your own program, but look at so how many guys leave, and you're not ready. Being a head coach and recruiting to that program is yeah. not an easy well, thing. For example, think of what it did for Kirby Smart. He Staying around the entire right. time. Yes. He didn't. He didn't start <laughs> Ohio University. No, he did not. He got, they have some creatures so running that, around. Right. So that's why I say it's not. I don't think you can compare. It's a good question. I, yes. I don't think you can compare the two situations because. 
the dynamics of a, a assistant coach and a, play, and a player going to the NFL are very different. Right. I, I do think Long will be uh, coveted if they go eleven and two. And well, no doubt, no doubt. I think he's coveted right now, yeah. but he he is doing the picking and choosing as opposed to the other way around. At Dan O'Brien, nineteen seventy-two, which cornerback has the potential to have a Julian Love type impact, if any? Well, it's only Tri- Troy Price Jr. right now, and I, I I was gushing about him last spring, and then coming out of August when we had an opportunity. Camp. Yeah, I mean, he has that. He ha- certainly athletically. I mean, he's got more than 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 Julian Love has athletically. Great speed, but. Well, Julian I mean, Love is special. Well, ju- no, yeah. Julian Love is yeah. a he's a football savant. Yeah. There, yeah. It, it's that's. I mean, I think we all understood that. But I mean, other than Julian Love, I don't know. I would or, say uh, I'm sorry. Other than uh, yeah, Pride, not this year. Nobody else. I don't. Let me look. I mean, who Houston would I? Griffith and uh, Noah Boykin and Tariq Brace. Well, he has a, if he if he truly does have elite skills at the boundary. But I man, I just Julian Love. Shattered a program record for passes broken up that stood for longer than I was alive. Yeah, I no, I mean, <laughs> ab, ab, absolutely. I would I, say this for Troy Pride. I, this is what I would I would think for Troy Pride. If you remove Julian Love, Shane Walton in terms of playmaking skills, those two, and you remove Bobby Taylor and Todd Light, can Troy Pride be the guy after those guys where you say, "Hey, Vontez Duff type year"? Is that that good for Troy Pride? Absol- absolutely. Because he has all the physical right. gifts that he needs. Let's take away the legends of the program and then say, yeah, but Vontez Duff, if, if Troy Pride has a Vontez Duff productive type season, that would be great. That would, He made plays, man. That would be... That would be fantastic, yes. and he's capable of doing that. Uh, at D Baker 317 in preparation for Clemson, all I heard was they have weak linebackers in secondary, but come game time... Their defensive line seemed to make up for it. Can Notre Dame be that team in 2019 with their linebackers? And if I could just say, first of all, we didn't say that they were weak in the secondary. We said they were weak at safety. Right. I've had a conversation about Notre Dame trying to attack the safeties in the Clemson game, and the response was the, every time we did, the safeties made the play. So Credit to Clemson. Credit, credit <laughs> yeah. to Clemson. There. It wasn't their corners. It was yeah. their safeties. And their linebackers. And, and to double down on that, they did have all ACC linebackers. If Notre Dame has an all independent well, and they linebacker, also, they, also had, year, so. they also had Wilkins, and, and yeah. they didn't have Lawrence for the game, but his backup was really good, too. I mean, I don't know that Notre Dame, Notre Dame doesn't have that type of dominance in defensive tackle now. But I will say, let's say Notre Dame's defensive line making up for linebackers. It's better to have a defensive line like Notre Dame has to go with linebackers than the other way around. There's no doubt about that. Tavon Coney, Drew Tranquil, and whoever you want to put it, Rover, would not have been freely running around making those plays without a Notre Dame's defensive line last year. So Notre Dame has really good safeties, really good defensive ends, quality defensive tackles. If the corners play well, which I think Troy Pride will. Troy Pride, was, Troy Pride played well on a playoff team last year. He should play very well this year. Yes, I think you can cover up for the linebackers a little bit. But the linebackers still have to make the normal yeah, play. Yeah, that's a, there's no place to hide a linebacker, man. I mean, when you know, when you got to fill the hole, and make a play. You got to fill the hole, and make a play. The question I'd like to ask someone in confidence, and, and you, these you can't ask Clark Lee this because he didn't coach them. If you had junior year Carlo Calabresi, Dan Fox, and let's say freshman year Greer Martini, would they walk in and start right away on this team? Because they might. Yeah, they, well, just because of their their understanding yeah. of the game, so um, that you can protect easily. These guys got to at least ascend to that. 
you can protect those. What I just said there, that's that's not a other than Greer, that's not a fast linebacker unit yeah. in modern football. If you tell me right now, and that's why it was encouraging for me to hear Jordan Jim Markeith, and I know I've been on his bandwagon, but again, we're in the media. We don't care. We just want. We don't yeah. care who does it as long as somebody emerges. When Brian Kelly says today, when the first pairing he says is Asmar Bilal and Jordan Jim Markeith, and if you tell me at the end of the spring, okay, those are the two starters they earned it. Now I feel better about it because mm-hmm. Bilal has playing experience and should. And I think Jim Markeith is a pretty special athlete, a pretty special kid in general. And then you'd have a little bit more confidence about about them performing. Right. But at uh, way to go, K man. Uh, let's let's wait on I that. Tim. I want to throw in a different one if I could, please. I didn't want to end it anyway. That's yeah, good. I know. Yeah, we're 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 moving along quickly here, actually, and see if we can sp- extend it a little bit more. It's a question from at Brian Swint, and it's which position? Easy for me to say. Which position group do you need? Or expect to take the biggest step forward this spring? Well, need is linebacker. I expect I expect we were going to really like the offensive line when the spring's over. I would think so. I yeah. think we should. Yep. Uh, seeing Tommy Kramer in the condition that he's in, knowing the capabilities of Liam, Liam Eikenberg in his second year starting, yep. uh, recognizing the experience and the leadership that I think Robert Hainsey is showing, and the confidence, uh, well, I mean, Aaron Banks, I think Aaron Banks That's is going to be a group. really, yeah, really, yeah. really good left guard. And everybody, I think, now has a lot of confidence in Jarrett Patterson. Uh, I, that, when you mentioned the, the matchup with Kurt Heinisch, I'm thinking, well, hell, I think maybe Jarrett Patterson can hold his own. And we don't even really know that, but I think... I think so, too, but I'm saying he wouldn't against Tillery. That's why we can get a real, no, we can get a real read. Right. Yeah. He probably would have, been, at this stage, he would have been eaten alive probably right. by Tillery. Heinish is more compact yeah. and a little bit easier for a, for a longer guy to deal with. But I, I would agree with that. I think, you know, I would like to think uh, wide receiver, but I'm not totally convinced of that. Yeah, maybe if Michael Young really distinguishes where you look at him and go, boy, he, yeah. he's the... yeah. They don't need to worry about Kevin Austin. If Michael Young has one of those springs, I would be really impressed. I don't think he's going to have that good of a I don't, spring. I don't, where, I mean, where you, where, as I've said, I love Kevin Austin, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think. I mean, I think those are you know, offensive line. If if the offensive line makes the strides we think they can, okay. Now, now you got and, and of course the linebackers. That, that goes without saying because it's so devoid of playing experience, but. Um, O-line's more realistic to me. Yeah, but. well, absolutely. Plus, I think the offensive line has to be a, not the A-team strength next year. The linebackers, I do not believe, can be a team strength next year. Yeah. A strength doesn't mean they have to hold you back. It's just that when you're ranking things, they're pretty low on the list. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is a question from um, one of my good friends from the Nordham Club of Milwaukee, Terry Mulcahy, where I've been going to speak in August for about 110 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fantastic, and uh, Terry wanted to know: uh, Do you? Uh, I was supposed to say Terry at Terry Banker. I revealed who it was, but do you get access to coaches' tape, i.e., full view of field for games? Boy, I wish we did. I wish we did too. That would and be I imagine the whole twenty-two. All right, now yeah. that now that Terry has brought this up, I may. Uh, well, I, I we certainly wouldn't get it like the day after the game, right? It, part of the yeah, it would be maybe during the uh, an off season project that would be great to have to look back. But we need it the day after the game to, to get it up on yeah. Monday and talk about it Monday. Well, I wish we I wish we did. It's it's a it's a bad angle to 
chart a game when you're covering a game because it, there's too many, you know, too many numbers that yeah, we have to follow. Stuff going on. But when it comes to evaluating an offense or defense, it's really, really significant in, uh, uh, you know, just seeing how guys move. Uh, running backs hitting holes, linebackers filling holes. Better chance to see if Dante Vaughn is the reason Alohi Gilman didn't get over to make the play, Absolutely. which is, you know, there's right. just sometimes you need that look. Right. There's a there's a reason why coaches watch that, that cut of the film. We will end with... Way to go, K-Man. Which selection committee has a harder job, in your opinion, football or basketball? I have a certain... Well, I mean, I don't even... I don't even think it's close because I think... First of all, I think the committee has gotten it right each time. You mean the football? Football yeah. committee has gotten it right each time. Basketball, you have to deal with Dick Vitale coming on every every Sunday when they when they reveal the brackets and complaining about North Carolina A&T not get, right. getting into the tournament. My thing for basketball is, aside from... VCU, which is a play-in team that went to the Final Four, aside from someone like Loyola of Chicago, and I just don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, Butler was an NCAA tournament team, so we don't have to include them. Right. Most of the 12s, 11s and 12s, which are the ones you're going to be leaving out, most of them. I know someone's going to come up with one more example I'm not thinking of. Most of them don't matter. You can put in Syracuse instead of them or not Syracuse instead of them. I like to use Syracuse because they're always in that range. They make a run. Right. You can put Belmont or Syracuse in. One of them might make a run. One of them might lose. You're leaving out a really good team at number five, and I appreciate that they leave out a really good team at number five because I don't think everyone should get a trophy, and I like having a 14 playoff. I'd like to reiterate that during the NCAA tournament. We, I, I really think that we have it, – it's just – it's so out of whack – Sure, Belmont deserves a spot. So did Lipscomb, and so does Syrac- Syracuse. Is a nine this year, I know, but you know what? Syracuse is always on the bubble. Unless they're great. Uh, does Indiana have to be in because they could beat a really good team? Well, they, they shouldn't lose all the bad teams they play, right? There's, yeah, there's no doubt. The NC, number five NC football State team was left out. The number five. See, I don't even think of NC State as an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, no, it's understandable, yeah. and maybe they deserve to be. I don't have their whole resume, but the number five team that gets left out in football is a hard can be a hard choice. It is, but do you agree that well, agree they've been it. correct each time? But I can see the complaint you can make. You know, this year I don't see how Oklahoma losing by three to Texas in any way could have been passed over by Ohio State losing by twenty nine to Purdue. I don't, usually, I don't get that. But usually the complaint is by a fan of that number five team. Yeah, well, you're if you that <laughs> fans have to be able to think critically once in a while. You got. I, I know it was one game, but Oklahoma only lost one game. You know, there's really and Oklahoma could have lost. To Army, people like to point that out. Ohio State could have lost to Maryland. Notre Dame could have lost to Vanderbilt. Whatever, they didn't. That's the difference. Right. They didn't almost lose to Vanderbilt by 29. <laughs> <laughs> That's it goes sometimes, man. Someone's going to get left out. Live with it. Deal with it. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be Notre Dame next year. Well, Actually, then, you know, they're yeah, 11 and, and 10. And where, whereas in football, and we'll, we'll let it lie at this, I mean, the number five team... If they were included, they certainly could win the national that title. Whereas, yeah, only a couple of those teams ever that yeah, have been abso- left out could have won the national title. Ab- absolutely. Okay, we have a um, on Thursday. We have a full practice to watch and no interviews, but we won't do the podcast until Friday because we have to write the practice reports. Have I mentioned practice reports yet? And the problem that we you faced? have, but we don't have that problem this Thursday. We so. don't have that problem this Thursday, but in ensuing weeks, we're going to have a practice end followed by. More than an hour of interviews. We have to do an instant analysis, and then we get to the practice report. And it's, so it's going to be hours after there we complete. There should be uh, so. six more practice reports this spring. Two of them will be quick. The other four will be 
yeah, couple hours. Yep. All right, I won't I won't say that again. <laughs> but I just want to remind people because I know that they they look forward to our analysis of that. We won't be able to get that to them quickly. We appreciate you joining us. And our next podcast will be on Friday following in full open practice on Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.